Welcome everyone to your favorite paranormal podcast, The Paranormal Umbrella. Tonight, Tina and Dylan and I are going on a little adventure and we're going to be telling you about some of the most haunted places that we have all found in our research so far. And uh, just as a nice little surprise, none of us know what each person has researched which place mm -hmm. and what they're going to be talking about so it's going to be a surprise for all of us involved in this podcast tonight um, <laughs> so that's a thing and it's going to be awesome and i'm letting you know right now it's going to be spooky so i can't wait Make sure that you've got your whoopee and your favorite snuggle buddy and some snick snacks. And let's sit down to discuss and cuss about these spoopy places. Dylan, why don't you tell us about what you found? Because we're going to make you go first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got right. it. You get out of here. So I found a place that's like right in my town near Lego, Michigan. It was just FYI and all that fun stuff, just completely destroying the don't tell strangers where you live thing. There's a bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Insert Walter White. <laughs> anyway, there's this bed and breakfast downtown that's uh, the oldest building in Nuevo, Nuevo County. It was built in the 1860s during the lumber boom by uh, S.K. Riblet, and they got called the Riblet House back there. Which I'm just going to go through the history and there's not a lot of spoops on this one, but it's because it's so old. The stuff that they do talk about could be. So we're going to kind of get into that. Right on. Tell me about spoops. I'm getting, What's there. It I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I demand the spoops. You wait your turn. After the lumber boom. <laughs> it was used as a house for uh, the Underground Railroad, so freed slaves would be able to have a place to stay and get a host home up in the north. Fantastic. And then we hit the, the roaring 20s and the 30s and all that, and everyone's favorite mob boss, Al Capone, ran stuff up here in Nuego. Oh. Which I didn't know in the 17 years I've been here. Nobody told me, and I feel robbed of this information. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it now. What did he do? Well, under downtown, the city used to be heated by coal. So they got all these tunnels going to all these major businesses downtown where all the you know lumber lumber stuff was going on. And people were staying in all the right. restaurants and stuff. During the Prohibition, okay. they used these exact tunnels for speakeasies, transferring the alcohol so it can't be seen. And underneath this bed and breakfast, the, the Riblet House back then, they had... Uh, a speakeasy, obviously, and a adult recreation, if you catch my meaning. So they had some parties down there. Okay. Yeah. As a house of ill repute. Yeah. <laughs> and that house was owned by Al Capone's lawyer or accountant, one of those two. Depending on who you talk to, the story changes, whether it's one or the other. But somebody related to Al Capone's operation owned that house. And just outside of town, Al Capone had a little manor up the hill across the river. It's like less than five well, minutes damn. away. Okay. Beautiful place. Beautiful place, both of them. Then, right on. we get to more modern times. 06, somebody bought the place and turned it into a bed and breakfast. If 
if you still haven't figured out what I'm talking about in your local here in Nuevo, it's the La Bella de la Rivera. Rivera. I totally did not pronounce that correctly. Oh, you got it on the second try. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It's n- nice, better breakfast. I've never been in there, so I need, definitely need to rectify that and actually like see it and all that fun stuff because I love history and this would be cool to just see it. So you've never been there personally? I have not, even though I live right oh, in town. <laughs> Boy, get on it. 17 years and not once gone to this supposedly haunted place. What are you doing with your life? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. I know, I know. And now we get to the spoops. Now that I've given Finally. you we get to the spoops. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I think I that that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty interesting. No, that's in, it's got an interesting history so far. So I mean, 1860s, it's almost two hundred years old. <laughs> that's yeah. But that's awesome. I love old places and I love old houses. So I think that's really amazing. But what? tell us about the spoops. What's the spoopy stuff that's going on there? Now, a lot of the stuff that's like what they're actually like, they're not going into details about what actually happens. They just kind of go like, yeah, this happened and then kind of move on. <laughs> the property on the in the basement, they'll hear music and other noises. That's just how they explain it is other noises. Which, if I'm thinking back to it being like a little spot with the Underground Railroad and the speakeasies and the entertainment down there, there could be something related to the, you know, they're hearing the music. Yeah. And people have heard in guest rooms, they've heard people just talking. They've heard voices in the room and there's no explanation. So like they're they're eavesdropping on some ghostly conversations, huh? Yeah. Just just random voices. If something happens to them, they can't say anything. You should have minded your business. The ghost, the ghost can't rat on me, you know. <laughs> well, that's cool. I kind of, I wouldn't be going into the tunnels myself. I, I would love to. Because... I would love to go through the tunnels. They're all, they're bricked off between the individual like buildings. And about mm-hmm. eight months ago, the local museum guy who runs it, I can't think of his name off the hand, but he had an interview on Fox News, and there he talked about the tunnels and Capone's connection as well. That's kind of badassery. I'm kind of digging that. I mean, it's got low spoop factor, but... Which I figured, as... you know, ease us into the spoops with the low spoops. Oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> that was a great introduction to the spoops for tonight because we. I think it's going to get progressively worse Probably, <laughs> as probably <we> exponentially. <laughs> yeah, it's We're going to jump right like... up here. And just for the right people that there. are kind of have a lot of money and you want to buy a historical place, it is currently for sale. If you got six hundred k just lying around, burning a hole in your pocket. I mean, I mean, if you got that eight, much, eight beds, four baths, <laughs> historical. <laughs> eight baths. I would never have to worry about sharing a bath with my brother ever again. What? <laughs> that sounds amazing. You, you just got a room with the ghosts now and then, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds amazing. I don't mind rooming with ghosties. That's not have a dance party in the basement every now and then just to keep them happy. Not ever, not (laughs) ever. Am I going into any basement? No, thank you. I mean, I would remember the rules. Make the basement into a speakeasy and make it like a running bar down there. That's what I would do. Well, that would be a great tourist attraction for sure. That would work. Money making gimmick. That too, I would go, but I I can't go in the basement. I can't do it. I can't. 
it, it triggers my f- fight or flight, and I just I wouldn't nope. We're just right, no haunted that. dungeons. Well, I mean, yeah, no know, haunted dungeons, none of that. I mean, <laughs> if you won't go into a tunnel, how about you go into a town that heavily inspired a video game? What town? Okay, so. For, I mean, y'all already know, but for our that segue fans, though, I am a huge right? right. I am a huge video game fanatic. I love video games with all of my heart. I grew up playing them. So, um, y'all also know that I do have a crush on Ghost Space. We're not gonna talk about it, but I'm bringing that up because there's another killer that is just so happens to be in the video game that I am going to bring up today. Um, it's Pyramid Head. Don't judge me. Um, abs, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. Right. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. We all know who Pyramid Head is. Don't so, judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Wait Don't a second. Me. Wait a second. Wait a second. Don't do it. So this town inspired uh-huh. Silent Hill. Yes. It's called. And I am. I'm, I'm. I like practiced the word so many times. Me and Dylan, like he told me how to say it. I like. I tried to. Centralia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um. This again. This town is basically a ghost town because no one lives there. You can't live there anymore. Um, because of how bad the smoke is. And it's smoky because there is currently, as of right now, as we're speaking, there's still a fire that's underneath the ground of the entire town. So before I get all in that, because you're like, huh, what about that? What's going on here? So the ghost town that is Centralia, Pennsylvania, is also known as the inspiration that brought us Silent Hill, a lovely, lovely game. If you haven't seen it or if you haven't played it, what have you been doing? Um, I played it. I freaking loved it. I watched the amazing. movies. I love it. I love it. I I really wish they would they bring them is, back. That town inspired Silent Hill so much that they ended up calling that town the real Silent Hill. Now, don't get me wrong. The town that we are talking about and the game are completely different. There is not a big giant uh, pyramid head, unfortunately. Um, there is not like you know different realm breaking between reality. There's not. There's not a whole bunch of. I was about to say there's not any cults, but you know what? There probably that is we in know the of. town, but you know that we know of. You know, um, we're not gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> but so we. So the t- the whole underground of the town is still yes. burning, right? As of right now, the fire has still hasn't been extinguished. So the, what caused it? I'm get to that. So it's naturally oh. notorious for the vacancy due to an underground mining incident that sparked a fire that quite literally wiped the town clean in mid 1962. When I say that it wiped the town, I mean up until I want to say there was a YouTuber named exploring with josh who uploaded a video of him and his friends exploring it seven Mm -hmm. years ago the people that he interviewed that was at the town were the last five or six people that lived there wow out of a wide town and i mean i can't i don't know exactly um the population number what it used to be i believe actually no i have it written down awesome the population before the event happened was approximately 1100 civilians Okay. And it dropped down tremendously. Obviously. Um, there was Five an people? issue. There was an issue. There was something that happened in the mines and it caused a fire. Now, normally, you know, people would be like, well, why can't you just call that one and get, you know, the fire department? They did. The fire department went there and the issue was the fire 
sparked up and started so deeply within the mines mm-hmm. that anybody that tried to get down there to try to get to it either suffocated from the smoke or burned. Wow. When I say there were several firefighters that tragically were killed, over 100 miners, not children, I mean miners that worked in the mines, over 100 miners were killed by the tragedy because they just could not make it out in time. That's Almost insane. Chernobyl levels. There, were one, there was no. 142 miners that were stuck in the mines. One, over 100 of them passed away and only 31 of them were able to escape. Wow. If they, it was a bit, it was just a normal day and, and it just a normal day in Centralia, Pennsylvania. Everybody's enjoying themselves, you know, hanging out, talking to their neighbors, kids are playing and they hear this big and giant explosion. Boom. Right. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they see that the roads are cracked up because this explosion is big. It did like a big impact. Yeah. And next thing you know, they see flames coming up. They see smoke. People are coughing. People are trying to cover their from mouths, under the their ground. Under though the ground, it was. It, someone described in the video that exploring with Josh uploaded. Uh-huh. Well, someone said he wasn't there at the time of it happening, but he said from what he was able to describe, it was like hell was opening. Oh man, that's creepy. I mean, that's and what I'd I'm be thinking bringing, too if the ground opened up the, on me. <laughs> right, and you see nothing but flames. And at the, and I'm saying that this is a ghost town because at the time of the incident happening, those over 100 miners that were killed in the mm-hmm. incident, you could hear them screaming. From under the ground? They were screaming. Not all of them were, because obviously some were closer to explosion than others. Yeah. But the ones that was just burning to death, they were screaming for help. And you could hear them screaming you for could, help. From it, the- was, it was literally as if hell opened up. Oh my god. Um, it caused, obviously, a lot of people were just distraught. There was a lot of husbands that were lost. A lot of brothers, a lot of sons, and people just started packing up. I mean, they had to pack up anyway because the smoke was so thick that it was hard for you to breathe. People were passing out. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, I'm sure they were elders in this town, and they was having a hard time breathing. So that is from the notes that I got. Um, also, shout out to my little brother, Raven. Thank you so much for helping me get all, some of the information. I love you. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, Aww. to the article that I found. Um, it was updated April the 22nd, 2023. Okay. And the person that did the article is Mara Batchman. Okay. She explains exactly how Silent Hill came about. So before Silent Hill became a horror film, it was a survival horror game developed by a team named Team Silent for the PlayStation in 1999. But Silent Hill Town is actually based on a real place. The game utilizes, in the game, it is known that the first thing that you see is nothing but fog. Everyone knows that. When they think of Silent Hill, they think of nothing but fog in this big old giant road, right? This right. game, The game utilizes a foggy atmosphere to inhibit the player's vision while they control a man named Harry Mason on the search for finding his missing adopted daughter. Its unforgettable landscape and horrific features spawned an entire franchise of films and video game sequels. 
while the horror video game is well known, its true story and the actual location are really recognized. There's a town, a real town, the town is Centralia, known online as the real Silent Hill, Pennsylvania, which inspired Silent Hill's aesthetic. That's what caused it. That's what gate. That's why when you play in Silent Hill, it just you're like, God, what is all this this fog? You can't see anything. You can't see anything in front of you. That's how it was when the incident first occurred in Centralia, Pennsylvania. When it was thick, I mean, it was very, very thick, mm-hmm. and it didn't just stop. It, it it didn't stop at night where you like you could see at night with a flashlight. No, it still stayed. People tried their absolute hardest to like stay there because some people like I was born and raised here. This is my home. Right. Like, you know, they didn't want to leave and it was either their health or their home. And they just had to pack up and leave. I, well, you know, I mean, that's, that's a hard decision to have to make, but at the same time, when you have a portal to hell as main street, it wouldn't be so difficult for me to decide to right. I mean, you know. Air companies would be making bank. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any amount of air purification devices would help that, especially with it being ongoing. Oh, my now, God. See, Have you tried a thing. fan? <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. If... And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want it to seem like I am tearing down what the townsfolk did uh-huh. because they were just trying to live and make a living just like anybody else's. But if they had not went into the coal mine, because at first it was abandoned, nobody went in there. But on this certain day, they went in there, something happened, and the fire spread through unsealed tunnels and openings. That led to an abandoned coal mine. This ignited a fire that burns to this day and is why Centralia became a Silent Hill, Pennsylvania based inspiration. You know, you know that entire town, that entire village that is haunted. Yes. As all get out. This occurred, this incident occurred in May 1962. We are in. We are in May the 13th, 2023, and it is still burning to this day. There is no way for them to stop the fire. None whatsoever. Firefighters have tried their absolute hardest to go in there. Absolute hardest to go in there and stop the fire. And most of them did not come back out. That's insanity. We can swim in lava nowadays, but we can't go into that hole. How hot is it? It, it has to. It's not just the heat. It's not just the heat. It's the smoke. Uh, yeah, it's that's... also the smoke. What? Imagine, like, okay, everybody has either watched someone play Silent Hill or they played it themselves, and you see how foggy it is on the game. Imagine that kind of thick fog to where you cannot see in front of you. Yeah, we've had our moments of like everyday life. Like we'll have some fog in front of us, and like they'll tell us to put on the high beams on our car and whatnot. No. Thick, thick, thick fog and nothing but smoke to where you cannot see in front of you and you are coughing the entire time. And you are in a small, tiny cave trying to find your way out, which again, you cannot see. Well, I'm sure it also has to do with a lot, like going in those tunnels 
it's it's burning all of the natural gases that are trapped down there. Uh-huh. It's burning all the coal that's trapped down there and anything the else. The timber that's struts that are holding everything up. Right. So, so local local firefighters could not cease the burning. And the government quickly decided that the town of Silent Hill, Centralia, Pennsylvania, needed to evacuate for their safety. Well, yeah, obviously. I can only imagine the levels of toxicity that is stuck in those tunnels. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors as to why they can't go down there. It's not, I don't think, I don't believe it's just the smoke or the the heat itself. I mean, it's like a a pizza. It's like a giant pizza oven. You know what I mean? Uh So, (laughs) I wouldn't go down there. I wouldn't. I mean, would I go to the town so that I could see it? Because that's... Are you actually allowed to just, you know, not get too close? Because there is a part of... There is a part of the town. Like, I guess it's like the entryway and the exit from the town that you can go to where it's not that smoky. In the video for Exploring with Josh, he did not go that far. Um, because at some point, he was not able to go any further. Because he could see... A, a little bit further ahead, he could see that the cracks were still in the ground and that this fire, he didn't see the fire still going, like raging fire and raging flames, but mm-hmm. he saw nothing but smoke coming out. That's crazy. I wouldn't do it. So, there's so many videos. I mean, it's not much. I mean, it, it can be a ghost town because, you know, so many people died and that the last thing that anybody of their loved one, any of their loved ones heard was the screams of their pain imagine um so it is considered a ghost town but you know if you don't want to if you're not brave enough to go there yourself there are a lot of videos a whole bunch of videos so much see right there in our in our comments one of our commenters uh mebula said that the gases being released by the fire are toxic and it contributed to the evacuation so yeah yeah, it's it the i mean it's like (laughs) Having a coal stove and then standing inside not, of it. That did not stop some people, though, because some people also wanted to stay in hopes that the fire would just burn itself out. Yeah. But it just never that. did. Yeah. I yeah. looked through all of the videos that I could find on YouTube, and the only videos where I saw people actually interviewing those that used to live in Centralia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. was for... Um, Exploring with Josh, I believe. I believe. Don't don't quote me on it. I believe it was that one. Okay. And they talked to a couple of men, and they said that it used to be so filled with people and and happiness, and you know, of course, not not every town is perfect, but like you know, right. it was their home. Yeah, that was their home. That was where they had fun. That's where they met their their loved one, had kids, got married, and everything, and then it just stopped. That's just sad. one thing. That's sad. It's sad. That makes me nobody sad. knows what caused the fire. Nobody. I'm sure some of the miners that was not able to make it out knew, but nobody who was able to experience and live to see tell the tale or is able to say that they knew what caused it. Nobody knew. Right. So nobody knows definitively right. how it started. It just started and it never quit. And that Lighting the fire started really, and that the fire started really deep within the mines, so it is literally impossible for anyone to go as deep as it goes. Damn, for them to take it out. 
That's crazy. So, I mean, the question I have for y'all is, do y'all think it will ever stop? Do you think it will keep no. going? No, I think it's going to keep going until it burns all of the the coal and the gases and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a self-feeding oven. So we, di- <laughs> so, so we divert a river into the mine. I mean, we can try. It's an option. I mean, y'all can, can try. I'm not trying. It. <laughs> y'all can try. I'm not trying. Um, <laughs> I'm not either at all. Good. Okay. Good. So that's awesome. I always love that story about the town that inspired Silent Hill. And it does make me think what, with that much energy that radiated out, you know, what kind of butterfly effect. All the, all the trauma. There's got to be something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, of course, it didn't just affect that town, the the ground zero. You know, I'm sure it affects a lot of the, the towns and villages around it. Mm-hmm. So that's insane. That's crazy. But I also, love that story. I have another question. Because apparently, according to the notes that my brother provided, apparently... um. Uh, it was in the area of where the town was built on. It used to be owned by Indians. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I so, mean, do you think it could have been a curse? Do you think it could have been? What do you think it could have been? I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say that it was a curse. But no, I'm just. So many people like a lot of people online are saying that it could have been that or it could have been the ancestors getting back at the people for building on their land without asking permission, which understandably so. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, if that was been, the case, most of the country would be in that situation. That's also true. But I mean, yeah, we were just talking about the Indian curse with Skinwalker Ranch. True. You know, the First Nations. That could be something that I mean, the you know, Navajo people. Mm hmm. They don't play with their curses, right? They don't y'all? play. They do not play. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. They, they don't play at all. They do not. And uh, speaking of interesting towns and villages, I give have it to one. Us. Give it. Yes. I go go go. <laughs> okay. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. So I came across um, a video. Uh, everybody knows that I am a huge fan of Nuke's top five. And he is a paranormal researcher and he basically has a, he has a YouTube channel where he showcases the, the most scary, the most horrifying paranormal videos that he can find and analyze. Um, so in one of his episodes, and when I tell you that I am a fan, I have watched every single episode, everyone. For years now. Um, so are you going to be mad at me if I tell you I've never watched it? Girl, I, look here. Look, look. Nuke's Top 5 <laughs> is amazing. It's great stuff. He is, uh, I believe he's from Norway. His name is Nuke Norway. Um, but he's he's got some amazing stuff. Another really good channel, if you guys are into the spoops, um, is Sir Spooks. <laughs> Uh-huh. And um, that's another really good one um, to watch as well. But anyway, so I was watching this video and one of the videos that my husband and I were watching together because we liked we like the spoofs together. Um, a video clip 
of a paranormal researcher um, popped up, came up, and it was so terrifying. It was, it caught us off guard. We, I mean, I literally screamed at one point. <laughs> we, we had to pause because we were not okay. And these inner, these paranormal investigations that this guy does um, last for hours. He doesn't cut anything out. So if he's doing a six hour investigation, you're getting six hours of an investigation happening. Um, so the clip that was featured was he was in his, his bedroom at what is called the lamb house. And, um, he kind of stumbled across this place. I think at one point they were, he and his family were renting it. Um, they have since moved out. If I am remembering correctly on that one, um, the paranormal activity there was so bad and so aggressive that they were forced out of the home, but he still goes there and he still does investigations. He'll stay there by himself for days at a time. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you about this clip that started my fascination with this channel. Um, he got up because he heard something at the top of the stairs. So he grabbed his phone, which is what he mostly records on because it's readily available. And um, <clears throat> he brought it up, immediately started recording. And there's like the shadow figure like kind of popping its head over the top of the the staircase. So he gets up and starts walking towards it. And when he does, it kind of like turns around and like runs off. So he just kind of stands there for a minute. He's talking to himself, talking to, you know, what's around him. And he turns around to go back into his bedroom. And sitting on the foot of his bed is a whole ass human being. A whole ass apparition of a human being, I should say. It was an old man in a suit. Two, maybe three feet behind him sitting on his bed. That's a negative. Yeah. Like, you can see the highlights and all of this stuff when you watch it. If you don't want to watch the entire six hours or one hour or whatever investigation. So there's these little clips of the most horrific ones that they've caught. And this dude, when he turned around, he got caught off guard. He screamed, which, of course, you know, he jumps back. It makes his phone shake. And he goes back to it. And you can see this apparition of this man stand up and then get, like, yanked like a towel. He's just, like, yanked like a towel out into what? the ether and just gone. Yeah, um... it's the craziest crap I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, so that's what started my fascination with this channel. So I immediately found the YouTube channel, and it is called The Ghosts of Carmel, Maine. And um, I've there's so much paranormal activity on there, guys, that I could talk about this for days. So I tried to whittle it down as much as possible. But um, by 1875... The town of Carmel was established, and some of the original homes still remain to this day. The Lamb House is one of them. And the way that it seems is the Lamb House is kind of the joint for the wheel, if make if that sounds 
possible. It's like this, and the spokes just come out of it. It's like ground zero for this this place. And everything around it, the blocks around this house, um, anyone who have that died in those homes still remain. And they all travel and oh. talk to each other. So they'll travel from house to house within that, that block. And they'll all gather and talk to each other. Like, it's like a ghost social. It's crazy. Um, so when he goes from one house and then walks across the street to the lamb house, those ghosts come with him and they just pretty much travel from one house to another and, and talk to each other and interact with each other. So they all know each other. And most of them grew up with each other in that area, like born and raised there, died in their family homestead, whole nine yards. There are some homes that have been relocated to other parts of the town, but most of them that were in within that, I'm going to say about probably five houses surrounding the Lamb House is still in their original location. And the people who raised those houses, the original families, and died there, they're still there. Well, that's kind of rude not letting him go pass on. <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. The um the guy who's been doing these investigations, his name is Kent Burris, okay? And they moved to Carmel, Maine in 2014. And they rented the Lamb house and the original home belonging to Edmund L. Lamb. And Mr. Lamb was an undertaker. And he ran his business from his home. So That's your problem. <laughs> there's the leak, man. <laughs> that'll, do it. that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Well, that's not the house that's the only house that is haunted. Um, it's kind of like ground zero for them. Like I said, they all kind of gather there, but they all know about certain ghosts who are still there. By the way, there's two ghosts in the lamb house who mostly hang out in the basement area and they're both named Rachel, but it's two different ghosts. It's always a basement um, or an attic. What the heck? <laughs> well, that's where he was. That's where the, the, the mortuary was. It was, I, that's where he, you know, was I mean, yeah, 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 for that situation, it makes sense, but it's, but it's always a basement or an addict. <laughs> I'm telling you, well, this is the entire house, the entire house. And let me tell you, if you have not watched it, I, I'm recommending it right now. The, the Ghosts of Carmel Main YouTube, if you like the spoops, if you like the crap being scared out of you, watch this channel. It's not only just really informative, it's just... Every time you turn around, oh, wow. you're not only getting an EVP, you're getting full body apparitions, like corporal stuff popping up. So they, um, there's the Simpson Memorial Library in the town of Carmel, in the little village of Carmel. And they did an investigation outside of it during the night and then went in the next day and did their investigations through there. Now there is a male voice and a female voice that comes through, but the male voice is more prominent and he's more prominent inside the Memorial library. His wife is more outside of the library and she's more active outside of the library itself. They have caught many EVPs of his wife um, but he is like, he's loud. 
like Mr. Simpson, <laughs> this dude is loud. Um, the EVPs that they caught at the memorial was hello, safe. I saved the children. Um, there are children in here. My name is Simpson. I'm dead. Talk to Tibby. Go to the barn. How about goodbye? Because I'm not coming back. Right? Well, Kent explains that he doesn't know someone named Timmy, uh, Tibby, sorry, T-I-B-B-Y. But a month before, he made a video about a young girl named Tavio who was murdered by her mother and her nickname was Tibby. Oh. Yeah. So these ghosts are like telling you the people that are there in in this town are like they're telling you about things that have happened that are going on, which is just mind boggling to me. Ghost whisperer stuff going on there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I feel like we need Jennifer Love Hewitt to show up and start at this point. <laughs> you know, but um, he I mean, Kent's doing a great job as it is right now because of the stuff that he has caught and recorded. Like, it's insane. Do you know how hard it is to catch a full body apparition on video? Very hard. Maybe Much less possible. Or, a, or a, a, a photograph like reliable <laughs> conversation in EVP. Right. It's intelligent conversation. He's getting intelligent responses back. And these are like, I would say rare, but not on this channel. It's not, not with Kent. It is not rare. And his whole investigation started with him just by being curious about the graveyard, you know, and he started receiving activity and EVPs and conversation in the graveyard. This, I mean, this is so huge. They made a documentary about this. You can watch the documentary called the same as the channel, The Ghost of Carmel, Maine. It's insane. Did the documentary so, crew catch stuff? They did because they went around with Kent. Maybe it's just Kent that's haunted. You know? It, it could be. <laughs> See, I, thought the, I thought the same thing, but I watched his introductory vid videos, right? Mm -hmm. And... I mean, he is a paranormal investigator. We all know that things can follow you home or attach themselves to you and that a person can be haunted, not just places. Um, but he explained that he hadn't had this kind of reaction before, hasn't had this kind of uh, community of ghosts, sort of speak, happen before. And he thought it was really, really interesting. So he started a rapport with these ghosts and they know him by name. So if they see him, he's not he, not even doing an investigation. Like he's just like he explained like he when he was in the lamb house, he was staying there with his son and another um, uh, paranormal investigator who came to stay at the lamb house himself with them. Um, he just walked across the street to get a pizza. And walking across the street to get a pizza, they were catching EVPs inside of the home of the ghost going there goes Kent. Bye, Kent. I see you, Kent. He's so here. It's definitely, it's definitely not residual then. It, it is absolutely not residual. It is absolutely not. And here's the thing. Going back to the two original ghosts that I brought up, um, the Rachel and Rachel. One Rachel, 
I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, she died um, after childbirth, if I'm remembering correctly. But the other Rachel and what the ghosts have hinted at is she is a murder victim of, and this is all here, this is all like, you know, theoretical here. I'm not going to say that this is true, true, um, because, of course, you know, they haven't gotten all of the information yet, but he's that Mr. Lamb had something to do with her, her death and that her body is somewhere on the property. Like she was never buried properly. If that makes sense. Interesting. Um, yeah. So the two, there's the when two. Rachel- this is a negative. Well, girl, let me tell you, here's another interesting thing. Rachel, this murdered Rachel has spoken to the other ghosts and those ghosts know about her and that she was murdered. They know how she was murdered. Okay. Do they know where her body is? I don't know. Because I didn't get that far. I'm sure that there is more information about Rachel and Rachel. And where Rachel's body may be if she was actually murdered. You know what I'm saying? Um, But he has so much content. Like I said, it's like one episode could be six, seven hours long. You know? So I haven't gotten through every single episode so they could have found out they could have found her they could have found out that you know maybe she wasn't murdered there she was murdered somewhere else i'm not sure because i have to continue watching uh the channel to to find that out but she's very very prominent um now it says uh fm simpson is who the library is named after in 1880, a number of children died in Carmel due to a number of illness outbreaks. And um, the voices heard on the EVPs are suspected to be Dr. Benjamin and his daughter, Mary. And Mary married Mr. Simpson, F.M. Simpson. So the doctor of the town, the only doctor of the town, Dr. Benjamin, lost a lot of children to different illnesses and outbreaks and his daughter mary was married to fm simpson who helped his father-in-law try to take care of the children and uh heal them even though he wasn't a doctor so that explains the comments about children uh-huh yeah Right, but the fact that the children are still there too. And speaking of the children who are still there too, there is a child, several of them, but one in particular who likes to run around the lamb house and hangs out at the dining room table in the kitchen. And he has caught this child in the kitchen sitting at the table many, many, many times. So I don't know the name of the child. I'm sure there is one, but I don't know it. So here's another interesting fact about that library. It has now converted, been converted into a Freemason lodge. Um, because of course um, the Freemasons are going to move in, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So next door to the Simpson Memorial Library was the home of the Haskells. It's not uncommon to enter the ghost to encounter the ghosts of the Haskells within the village. Okay. There are two 
homesteads there, two houses um, owned by the Haskells. Um, one was Paul, and then there was his brother, Howard. Okay. And there have been plenty of EVP conversation caught with these guys. So next door to the Simpson Memorial Library was the home of the Haskells, and their names were Paul and Annie Haskell. And EVPs have been caught in the Lamb House of a male and female voice calling out for Paul and for Howard. So it's, they're, they're all like pretty much, hey, come over here, come here, come here, Paul, come here, come here. Look at this. <laughs> They've literally said that. Who is that? Talking about Kent and his paranormal team that was with him. What does this do? And you will see them like after they ask, what does this do? And immediately afterwards, one of those light up motion balls, the sensor balls, lit up and rolled across the floor. Oh. So it's not like, hmm. oh, talk yeah. about, talk about intelligence, right? <laughs> so we've got a. Uh, Paul and Howard, and then their home is across the street from the Lamb House. Then you got the Paul Haskell House, which still stands today in its original state, and the EVPs have been recorded inside and outside of the home, and there are so many. And in in this home, you get the, the normal, hi, how are you, hey, you, um, they're having, it's two ghosts having a conversation with each other. So it's one ghost that said, hey, you. And the other one says, how are you? And the other one answered doing, I'm doing okay. I'm, I mean, I'm glad they're, they check <laughs> on each other, but. Um... Like, they answer questions like, how's the other side? And one of the guys says, I'm dead. It's terrible. Oh. Help me. I'm sick. And, um. In response to touching a device on the table, they said, I touched it. I touched the butt. <laughs> I touched the butt. They're touching the butt, y'all. They're touching butts. So there's, but they also say things like, you know, friendship or, and here's the other one. I know Rachel. I'm telling you, it's a soap opera with these ghosts. Like, I know Rachel. I'm dead. And Viva. Rachel Viva, that was her name. Viva, she's dead. Well, what about Regina? This is the conversation. And then Regina goes, Naomi, they can see me. Well, then help me. You can help. Naomi. What's your last name? Haskell. This is the conversation that these ghosts are having with each other. So it's like three women, Naomi... Regina and Rachel having this conversation in the Haskell house. And I mean, I guess uh, Golden Girls? Um, <laughs> man, I'm telling you. But then it gets worse because Kent asks him, you know, some questions and whatever. And in response, Paul said, my neighbors, my neighbors are dead. <laughs> like... I mean, and then he goes, and then Paul goes, Kent, my neighbors are dead. And then they ask him, have you met Ed? Which is Edmund Lamb. Have you met him? So they're literally asking him, hey, have you seen him yet? I saw him. Have you talked to him? No. 
Come on, I'll take you over there. They literally take him over to the lamb house. And he just goes? He, like, just, okay. he just goes, girl. All right, you know, sure. Let's go. Let's have a little fun. See, that puts two major questions in my head. Okay. What One, what is making them be contained to the to the village area? Like what's right? not letting them pass on and allowing them to retain intelligence to be self-aware of their surroundings and all this. And yeah. two, can anyone investigate the area or is it just does Kent have kind of monopoly over it? He doesn't have monopoly over it. Anybody can investigate the area. It's a whole village. It's a whole town. PCPS so you can go and invest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to say, no. I, I am totally down for that. As a matter of oh, fact, sorry y'all, uh, I gotta go. Um, I'm gonna be busy on that day. Tina can stay in base campus just outside the village. Okay, so so Kent, who investigated the Paul Haskell home, believes with the evidence that he caught that the house is haunted. Obviously, I mean, you can't dispute it. Right. So the response that is caught that they catch is intelligent and they can have conversations and answer questions in real time. And then we've got, you know, Rachel Viva and Naomi, who are sisters. Okay. Then you've got um, Doug, who is the current owner of the Haskell home. When the incidents of the cherry bomb because Paul brought up an incident about a cherry bomb was brought up. One of the ghosts on EVP, Doug told the story about how his friend lit a cherry bomb, but couldn't throw it fast enough. And it blew up in his hand that he said that his friend today is no longer alive, but that he did actually lose a couple of fingers on his hand. And, um, what they've learned through these encounters is that a lot of the spirits want you to know that they are dead and they want you to know that they're still here. So you will continuously get EVPs saying, I'm dead. Uh, I'm 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 gone. I'm dead. In variations. So then you've got I heard you. <laughs> right? I understand that you are deceased. Okay. I heard you the first twelve times. <laughs> I understand that you have okay, left I'm just this earthly you know. plane. I'm just trying to remind you, okay, if you didn't know already, now you know. So in this, so they move from Paul's house and go next door to Howard Haskell's house. Okay, his brother. And the EVPs that they catch there is, "Have you met Edmund? I need you. You're not able. Get up, Paul. Help us. I need out. I'm scared. Out. Scared. I don't want help." And these are all from different ghosts that are there. So during the investigation of the Howard Haskell house, Kent was touched by a ball of light on his arm. And he said it was like having cold, delicate fingers brush up against your arm. But he could feel the individual fingers. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. So he said that it felt like someone had lightly touched his arm with the cold fingers. And when he asked who touched his arm an EVP is caught in response saying in a male voice, it was me, but they never say, you know, the name of who it was. So it says that Kent was, has investigated plenty of homes in Carmel, Maine and Kent found during his investigations that the ghosts of Carmel Maine's past 
will move locations visiting with one another. Kent became curious as to why the spirits were doing that. And and if he has encountered them before within the village, Um, to me, it seems like all of the homes surrounding the lamb house are not only haunted by the previous residents or the original owners of the home, but people who have died within the vicinity Uh of that house. And given the numerous EVPs asking for help, stating they're scared and need to get out, I'm left with the conclusion that they are trapped. Now, that's just my opinion, but that's, I mean, considering the I am scared, I need out, I need help, I don't know where to go, I'm dead. I mean, they're trapped. And if you look on a map, Carmel, Maine is literally built on a crossroads. There's two major roads that path that it's right in the middle of. So it's built on a crossroad. Well, there's your problem. How many times do I have to say negative? (laughs) (laughs) How many different variations do you want me to say negative? So here are my questions to you guys about about Carmel, Maine, this little village. Do you think the Lamb House is possibly a vortex? Or that perhaps a crossroads of ley lines? I think that one. You think the ley lines? It could be both. Mm. Honestly, it really could. A nexus, like we've had in our comments from Sacred. Mm, yeah, a nexus. I, I just feel like there is so much power. Something happened, which I don't think. Something happened, and it had it's something big. Yeah. Ed was the mortician, right? Yeah, Edward Lamb. So, the, and the spirits keep saying, have you met Ed? Yeah. Have you met Edward? And then the accusations of, you know, and of course, which turned into speculation that Mr. Lamb murdered Rachel. So it's plausible I just feel like he could be involved for whatever's keeping the spirits in the area. Uh-huh. See, that's what I'm thinking because Paul, Howard, Annie. And these are the names of the ghosts, okay? Um, Rachel, Regina, Naomi, they all grew up there. And then, you know, Lamb moved in. And they all became friends. And now they're all just kind of stuck. And I haven't seen anything about Edward yet. Um, like I said, I'm still going through videos and stuff. It's actually kind of scary. Did he yeah. ever get a name of the suit that was on the bed? The guy in the suit? No. No. That's it. There was no name of the suit. And that's not the only full-bodied apparition he has caught. Now, when he goes down into the basement, and the basement is one of the most vol- volatile, volatile areas that he goes to. Um, when he's been led down into the basement by shadow people, pretty much, he fo- he will follow them down there. He will go down there and he'll he'll you know, ask questions and stuff. He has caught, and I want to say it's demonic. I cannot claim that it is a demon, but he has caught like demonic growls and voices. They've been hit. They've been scratched. Um, There was one and it's, he got that on video that it ran, like charged him in the basement. Full light. 
full light. Light is on. He is not in the dark, honey. He is no. standing there, full at full body, charging him. So I'm don't go in the basement. That big negative for me. I'm just saying this is it, the, the stuff I that he. I don't tell me. Don't tell me that this man got chased. Yeah. By a full apparition. Yeah. And he was just charging. He gets chased. The way, the way All that the he will be followed. The the way that I will be leaving a trail of pee as I run away. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's. I'm so sorry. It's just incredible. It, it's incredible to me to see. So, is like all the violent stuff contained to the basement? No, no. Okay. It's there's been um, it's it's all over the house pretty much. It's all over the house, and it, it's it depends on which ghost or, or or ghosty person that you're talking to. He's had people charge up the stairs to him. Um, there was this one thing that was really weird. It was like hanging on to the window. And it just kind of jumps down from the window all weird like, you know, those girls that you see in horror movies that can bend backwards and they like break their arms and then walk like a spider. Yeah, that's what this thing did. But it was all disjointed and stuff. And it ripped itself from the window, hit his nightstand, fell on the floor and then skittered across the floor into like this corner area of the bedroom it was the weirdest freaking thing i'd ever seen in my life that scared me like i'm getting goosebumps right now like i, I was suggest like, the crap. great equalizer fire and call it good <laughs> <laughs> but Let's yeah turn so this that's... bitch up into shit the, to the pennsylvania <laughs> town silent <Hill. laughs> well that's i mean that's pretty much like that sums up in a nutshell the ghost of Carmel, Maine. I mean, there's so many interactions and so many conversations and EVPs. I couldn't possibly cover them all. But um, Kent Burris is the one who owns and operates the um, the ghost of Carmel, Maine YouTube. Um, and he is, I don't know how he does it. This man walks around homes and basements and attics and cemeteries. And he is getting full bodied apparitions walking up to him sitting next to him following him down the stairs sitting at his dining room table i mean it's insanity like i've never seen so many um so much evidence in one area if that makes sense i just i can't Either it blows they my really mind. like him or he's really good at editing one of the two one of the two <laughs> I'm telling you, but I, I love that channel and I totally think everybody should go and look at it and, and, you know, form your own opinion because that's where we're about is forming your own opinion. So okay. on that note, thank you oh, everybody for joining us joke. tonight. <laughs> and here's our dad joke from <laughs> Tina. Okay. So this dad joke is by our lovely Kelly. Hi, we love you. <laughs> um, what is the scary? Can you do you know anything about the scariest tree? No. no. Do you know the name of it at all? Mm -mm. I can't say I do. It's the bamboo. Come on now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I, hold on, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think I got one more. Hold on. Okay. Uh, this is from Dylan too. This is this the no? 
no, hold on. No, it's not. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, Dylan. You'll get yours one day. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, I see. This is from a wonderful viewer, a wonderful listener, wonderful. Um, the joke is, ever hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? They just needed a little bit of space. That's all. <laughs> I don't know if I even said that one. Did I ever say that? Did I say that I don't again? Think so. No. No, you did. Do you think so? You did. I don't no. think so. No. no. Okay. Just in case, Kelly gave us another one. How does The Rock go to the bathroom? He Dwayne's his Johnson. I oh! am not. Okay. <laughs> the that one that they done. never expected on the battlefield. Surprise. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, on that note, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. I feel so good with that last one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't forget to grab the salt, check under the bed, grab your favorite woobie, and turn on your nightlight because you don't want those woolly burgers coming down from the attic to get your booty. Join us Not next the week. Booty. Not, uh, the booty cheeks. Join oh. us next week, Wednesday, for another wonderful PCPS podcast. Should we tell them? What we plan on talking about? It, uh, uh, I mean, if you want, or we could just leave it as a surprise. You want to leave it as a surprise? I kind of do. Good. I like it. I really like it. Okay, let's do this. Let them We're salivate the, the uh, <laughs> anticipation. Okay. okay. Anticipation. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, but we're going to have PCPS next Wednesday. And then PU is going to be reading part 16 and 17 of the Creepy Blaster. Dear Cryptid Hunters. (laughs) So, of course, you need to join us for that. Um, Other exciting news. I'm going to plug in here real quick. Um, We are going to be producing merch. And it will be available, hopefully, by the end of next week. so we will include the link to our storefront in our solo link so that you can get yourself some gear. Let everybody know how spooky you are. Right. <laughs> right. And just for those who um, have asked, yes, there's going to be tank tops. Yes. So that was a... All of the things. Yeah, that was a, a big request for tank tops and hoodies. So there's going to be hoodies, tank tops, mm-hmm. water bottles, stickers, you name it, it's going to be in there. And um, each design is going to be different when we decide to start dropping exclusive merch. And uh, more on that later. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Cue the music. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.